Welcome to the Happy Mindset, episode 151. Today's episode is called La Tartu. So today I'm going to talk about slowing down. I'm going to talk about this story, the tortoise and the hare, something that resonated with me as a child. When I was, a, when I was younger, the way I interpreted that story, I felt it was kind of, I naively felt it was being sympathetic towards the people who were slow at learning and the people who were a bit slow. I'm slow in different areas too, but I thought it was sympathetic and being okay with that part of yourself. Whereas as an adult, as I've grown older, developed, I've realized that that wasn't really the real message there. As you get older and you try and simplify the complex, you realize that slowing down mentally in your own mind is a very solid approach to life. And so even when I look at that story, like the reason that the tortoise beat the hare because the hare was overconfident and he even took a nap towards the end of the race. That's what caught him. If he didn't take the nap, he'd be fine. Looking at it now as an adult, there's not a way of perceiving him taking the nap other than him being arrogant and overconfident, which I guess ties into this point. But you can also look at sleep as a metaphor for being unconscious, unconscious at the wheel, unconsciously walking our way through life. I'm just going to tie this to my own life and just talk a little bit around society and just talk about this. It's complex, but it's something I want to talk about and get some words out about. It's something that I see. And it's helped me to see this also because it gives me perspective to focus on the things that are important, to even get clear on the things that are important in my life. Because to begin with, it's going to be an evolution too that you go on of what's actually important here what's the important stuff what's the non-important stuff because we're living in a society that hypnotizes us a lot of the time into believing that the non-important stuff is actually important and the important stuff is trivial so it's oftentimes it's backwards so you have to really make sense of this in your own mind first so the way i think about being unconscious living in society is buying into the things that don't have much substance to them. So for example, if you're working in the corporate world, you can get hypnotized by titles and prestige and power rather than actually focusing on the knowledge at the back of that power. So for me, true power comes from having true knowledge to share with people. That's powerful. That's impactful. When I can actually share something with somebody that is useful to them, that actually has some impact in their life. That for me is real power. You don't get that from a title. So the way I look at it there, if you're unconsciously buying into the stuff that you haven't really thought about for yourself, you could be heading in the wrong destination. So you might be the first person to get there, but you might realize when you get there that this destination is a load of rubbish. This is no actual substance to this whole destination. I, I have been following it for years now, and I have been ahead of the curve on this. But when I got there, it's like it was an anticlimax because you realize there's actually nothing there. Whereas if you're more of a, a tortoise, more of a plotter, more of somebody who thinks about things, who's got more of a thoughtfulness to themselves, they're willing to have a perspective on life. They're willing to engage with people in a real way. It might take them longer to get to where they're going, but the destination they're going to will have a lot more substance because there's a lot more thought that goes into that 
journey into that process. So this is something that is useful even in skills. So as a self-taught programmer, I've always focused on the how of doing things, which allows you to build real world projects, which allows you to build a portfolio, which allows you to get your first job and, and gain some experience. And as you gain some experience, you get better as you're interacting with other programmers as well. The sacrifice though, was that I didn't spend a lot of time looking at the why, the why things work in the first place. And that's something that as I've been contemplating, how do I up-level my skills here? And as I've realized what I've been doing, so what I've done in the past, which worked, isn't work as effective now. I need to reconsider what's going on here. That's when I've been looking more at the why, to programming. And that leads me more in the direction of this year, I've decided to focus more on data structures and algorithms. Even though, even though that doesn't have a short-term impact on the how, it won't, it won't be very clear to me like how much progress I'm making. So for example, I could continue with the same approach of how and just focus on building projects. And at the end of the year, I have a lot more kind of stuff done in my portfolio. But because I'm focusing on the why more, I won't have those projects, but the why of looking at why things work in the first place, like looking more at the data structures and algorithms that mightn't be something I actually need in my day-to-day -to -day life too much. But when I'm working on things, because I focus on the why, I'll have a deeper knowledge of why things work the way they do, because that was a sacrifice with the how things would work. I'd have some bit of an understanding of why they work, but not an awful lot because I wasn't focused on the why. So tying it back into society and your life, you might know how to interact with people and how to progress in your career, but you might know why you want to progress in your career in the first place. That's what I take a lot of time considering up front. So I'll journal about it, I'll contemplate it, I'll entertain it. I never take things for granted just because society set up in a way where it looks like wanting to be the CEO or it looks like what, whatever is a great way to command respect from people. Because another thing I noticed is that in a group setting, it might look like the CEO is being respected by people, but I often found people, there's two different, there's different sides to people. So they might know in contextually that they need to show respect but they might not actually genuinely respect them in their heart of hearts. So for me there, that's, that's the real respect that I would like. And that's not something that I can force people to give me. So I know that like from getting a job title or, or whatever, that's not necessarily going to make people respect me more. And another thing to consider is that if you place a lot of importance in job titles, and if you place a lot of importance on, on, how much money you're making, then the people who are similar like that will gravitate. You'll be kind of in the same, you'll be competing with the same types of people. So really think about, do you actually like who you are as a person when you're focused on this? Because that's the type of people you're gonna be competing with. The other way you can look at this is focus on how you feel about yourself. Focus on, focus on, Do I like how I feel about myself? Do I have a, a good perspective on life? Am I becoming more knowledgeable? Am I doing the best I can? Do I feel like I'm 
really being as honest as I can be right now with myself. Because that's the type of people you're going to start drawing into your life over time. Because that's what I kind of discovered with a long-term approach to this. You just become less and less pulled in by the people who are motivated by things you're not motivated by. And you'll more and more move towards the people who are motivated by the things that you're motivated by. So for somebody who's motivated by you want to have genuine relationships in your life, healthy relationships, you want to understand life, you want to really understand like what's this life about, what am I here to learn, what are the skills I'm here to develop myself. And if you're looking at what, like even thinking about community, what are the types of people I want to be around? What's the type of culture we want to create here? What's the type of opportunities we want to have for future generations? If that all, if those are all things that matter to you, if you take a long-term approach to it, like the tortoise, la tortue, then these things could well happen in the future, but it does take quite a bit of time. Because like I said, I think society conditions us there's no conspiracy theory or anything. It's just this, just the way on looking at it, looking back in my life, reflecting on it. So I reflect back in my life. I'm kind of wondering why was I like that? And why am I like this now? Well, what was the variables that are different now compared to before? So I look at those types of things. So it's not like some sort of conspiracy theory. I'm just looking at how my life was and how my life is now. And I feel like that the education system, society, set me up to focus on the wrong things. It set all of us up to focus on the wrong things. And that's being unconscious at the wheel. That's the society being unconscious at the wheel that is setting us, it, we've created a system that sets us, sets us up to focus on the wrong things. So if, in school, for example, I remember most of the focus was on what job are you gonna get from what you're studying? It sounds practical, but why wasn't the focus on what knowledge you want to develop in yourself? What skill sets do you want to develop? Because if you, if, you, if you develop genuine knowledge, genuine skill sets, then the jobs will take care of themselves. Because if you get to that thing that you're drawn to is difficult, you'll develop the character traits that you need to be an effective worker in, 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 the, in the world today. You'll develop the persistence, you'll develop the patience, because you care about the thing you're trying to get good at but if you don't care about the thing you're trying to get good at if you're just set up to get a job because society tells you to get a job and to earn a lot of money because society tells you that people will respect you more because of that then you're setting yourself up to focus on the wrong things and I've had experience with that I've been focused I was focused on the wrong things that didn't give me a sense of meaning didn't give me a sense of fulfillment didn't give me a sense of real connection didn't give me a sense of real respect either I didn't know what any of these things were because I wasn't focused on the right things. The other thing when you focus on the wrong things is that your analytical mind can end up controlling you. And I've had a lot of experience with that. So when I say that, it's that you, you take your thoughts really seriously. There's no perspective or space in your mind when it comes to the thinking process. Because you're so driven and motivated by the external of people telling you what you should be doing with your life, how you should feel, how you should think, that your analytical mind, which is trying to make sense of all this over time in the long term again, actually starts to control you, control your behavior, control your be actions, control your opinions. And that, again, is very dysfunctional. It can lead to a lot of neurotic thinking, a lot of neurotic behavior. And in, the way I feel about it, just speaking purely based on my life, 
that happened in my life because of a focus on the wrong things, like a lack of a focus on communication skills. Like the things that have actually made a big difference in my life sound really simple. Communication skills, actually listening to somebody when they speak to me. That has made such a big difference in my life. That's why I'm able to do a podcast today. That's why I'm able to interact with people and have conversations that I feel are actually good conversations, solid conversations. Now, I didn't have communication skills, great communication skills when I was younger. So I didn't know how to interact with people and steer conversations in a way that would serve both of us. I guess when I was younger, I was, I was quiet. And I always kind of felt the feedback from my environment was that bar a few, a few exceptions of people, I felt it was negative. Like, why are you quiet? Like, why aren't you speaking? And I felt like I should just speak for the sake of it, speak nonsense, speak crap, because that's what other people were doing. And for me, that, again, that led to a lot of dysfunction in my life, a lot of overthinking, a lot of not accepting who I was as a person. So I found as I developed and gotten older, there's a sense of peace when you just sit in the silence. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm saddened that I lived in a society that kind of beat that out of me, that I didn't feel comfortable about being quiet. And I love being around people now today who are able to be quiet, that they're, they're not neurotic and dysfunctional that way. So that's the, that's the other thing that kind of ties into this the analytical mind can start controlling you when you're focused on the wrong thing, because it's not a natural, authentic way of living. You've been fed stuff, fed ideas that aren't your own. And you're trying to make sense of that and you get fixated, obsessive about it. And but when you let things come up from within and you let yourself, and you allow yourself and you give yourself the permission to explore things of interest, to, to persist and develop on skills that you want to get good at, then there's, a lot less neurotic thinking and neurotic behavior. And there's a lot more real connection because to get good at something, to get good at a skill set that's difficult or to make something that might seem impossible possible, there's a lot of emotions you have to deal with, a lot of frustrations, disappointments. And then it gives you a bond with other people who are going in a similar, who are also facing these things in their life. It gives you that real empathy and connection with people because you're going through difficult experiences, difficult emotions you're also going through more fulfilling emotions more sense of achievement and because with achievement comes struggle like that's what i found in my life you're not going to achieve something and it comes easy to you there's going to be a struggle but that's why there's achievement a feeling of achievement at the end of it the other thing you notice i guess as a tortoise la tartu is that the goalposts always shift so the hair type of person is racing towards a destination, feeling like the destination is going to give them everything. It's the end goal. There's only one destination. The tortoise, though, because he's just plodding along, he realizes that the destinations shift all the time because it's part of life. That's how life works. It's infinite. So the tortoise, as he's plodding along, he's a lot of time to think about things, to reflect on things, to actually realize... So. Instead of him running towards the line, he's walking towards the line. So he's thinking about what is this line? Like, what am I expecting? What am I expecting the destination to look like? What's, what's it going to give me? And so what I found, just with an open mind, I'm not, I've got, what I work on there is the assumptions. So I'm not saying that this destination is going to give me nothing, but I'm also not saying that this destination is going to give me everything. 
I'm just realizing it's a destination and I need to consider whether this is the right destination. That's the only real question I'm asking myself there as I move along. Because as I move along and gain the experience, I'm getting more and more information to realize whether this is a destination we're going to or not. This will tie into the 70-30 rule of decision-making. So before I realized, before I read about this, and I suppose I realized from my own experiences in life, that there's a, when you have 70% of the information, around 70% of information, that's the best time, that's the optimal time to make a decision on something. Before I came across this decision-making tool and just even my real life, I felt you'd have to get to 100% certainty of making a decision or very near 100%. But studies have shown there's a rule based off that. I think it was Colin Powell, I think, who came up with this. Don't quote, don't, don't quote me on that, though. Uh, discovered 70% of the information is the optimal. 30% is the minimum amount of information for you to make some sort of decision, make a decision on something. I even apply that to languages. So 30% is a good baseline for you to start communicating with people. Basic phrases, basic words, communicate. 70% then, that is more on the end of somebody who's trying to be a perfectionist. So they want to have these perfect conversations so they're not allowing themselves to fail because you need to fail in communication. It's going to be messy. You need to accept that. But then if, you don't, if you're not aware of this, and I think I kind of struggled with this a bit without really knowing it, how this manifests is that you'll, you'll spend more and more time, I need to study the French, I need to study the French, the grammar get this right and before I interact with people or even when I interact with French people I'll be I'll talk to them in English because I found at the start when I was starting to speak to French people it's very actually cognitively demanding mentally draining I found the first time I lived in France I was mentally drained a lot of the time I wasn't even speaking French a lot of the time I had English friends but going to lectures and being immersed in the country I felt mentally drained most days because that's part of the learning process is also. Somebody said that to me, a mentor said to me years ago, which made sense. When you have a pain in your brain, when you're learning, take that as a good sign that your brain's expanding. So just think about your neural networks. You're creating new neural networks in your brain. And that's the growing pains. Like as a, as a, as a teenager, as a preteen, you, you might have experienced growing pains in your body as your body was growing think about that also on an intellectual level that your brain also feels sore when you're trying to make sense of something that is difficult to understand you have to put a lot of mental energy into trying to understand it but i found out a useful reframe because i used to always kind of take that feedback as oh, it's too difficult so i'd quit i wouldn't do it i wouldn't persist with it and then the last thing i want to mention is that just just these perspectives, being a tortoise in life, it helps you to see past rhetoric. Like when you're, when you're the hare racing your way through life, another way of looking at it is the hare, even when he was racing, he was unconscious because he's going really quickly through life. That's not a way of looking at it. When you're a hare type of person running your way through life, maybe even like a headless chicken, you fall for rhetoric a lot, an awful lot more when people are just being spouting rhetoric whereas if you're the tortoise and you're slowing down you're plotting away to your life you realize that this life is actually quite difficult but if i 
take the time to slow down more, pay attention more, which is a hard thing to do, then it'll be more clear to me when people are spouting rhetoric. It'll be more clear to me the other people who aren't tortoises, the other people who are just hares and just running around the place like a mad hatter or something. It'll be more and more clear to me who the mad hatters are and who are the actual tortoises here. So that's the last thing I want to, to mention there. That'll tie into, you see the, see the trees from the forest. That's what the tortoise does there. We're talking about the tortoise today. That's pretty much it today. I wanted to just explore that story related to society, related to being unconscious and focusing on the things that matter. That's the main thing I want, main things I want you to take away from this podcast episode. So thanks again for listening and I will speak to you on the next episode.